Welcome back to The Chosen Life. I'm your host, The Chosen Lawyer. In life, we only have three certainties, really. It's death, taxes, and Zachary Rain appearing every month on our podcast. Zach, Happy New Year, buddy. Welcome back to The Chosen Life. Happy New Year. Happy, happy, happy and healthy New Year. You know, let's hope this year brings us all health, wealth, and happiness. Thank you very much for having me back on again. Of course, man. You're a regular. The fans love you. I think they love you because they love talking about you. So <laughs> you stir out conversation in them. So that's always a good thing. Yeah, um, I do. <laughs> so we got an agenda set up for today because it's New Year. We got to jump into lots of topics today, Zach. But first of all, I got to ask you because, okay, TikTok people, we're going to leave them alone right now because they're just very, very angry. You know, <laughs> they've graduated from Instagram and Twitter. They're now on TikTok and they're just very angry. And that's how life is on TikTok. So we're going to let them be. But we got a bunch of people on YouTube that like to share some comments with you today. Would you like to start off with them or would you like to leave them closer to the end? Uh, let's start off with them. I don't know. Maybe they'll stir some conversation for us. And then we'll jump into today's agenda. We got a whole bunch of stuff to cover today, folks. Uh, you never uh, know where we're going on the chosen life. So I'm excited. Pick some interesting people here. So first of all, Matt Nolan writes in. He says, Zach Rain, dot, dot, dot. You're wrong. Allmark just didn't want to stay. The Sabres will beat the Leafs in a series this year in the playoffs. The Bruins will sweep the Leafs. So apparently the Sabres and the Bruins are both going to beat the Leafs in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Um, I think Matt needs to figure out where his priorities stand between the Sabres, the Bruins, Allmark, or the Leafs. Got to ask you, Zach, because ever since our episode, uh, the only time the Bruins ever lose or come close to losing is when Allmark is having a day off. Um what the heck is up with this guy? He is unfreaking stoppable. Okay, I'm going to attribute the Bruins and Allmark to the Carolina Hurricanes and their current goalie, um, who's like the, the internet is in love with him right now. His fans are in love with him. Uh, you know, he's he, he's fun to to watch and be around. Um, they call him Cooch. His name is it's I, I couldn't pronounce it if I tried my best. That's something like Kuchkov, I think. Um, and he is on a blaze. The guy is just going crazy, crazy, crazy. He has, I don't know if he has shutouts yet, but I think last time I checked, he was like 702. Um, when you have an absolutely Stanley Cup defensive juggernaut team in front of you, you're going to be a good goalie. I don't care what anybody says. Okay. Look at Jack Campbell. Okay. Jack Campbell, right? Oh my God, with the Leafs, he's worth five and a half million. Suddenly he goes to Edmonton. He's chased out of his own net and Edmonton's wasting five and a half million bucks on him. And they have some random Stuart Skinner in net behind him. Well, now he's not so great because Edmonton has a horrible defensive game and the Leafs have a strong defensive game. So I'm pretty sure that you could put Swiss cheese in the Bruins net and they would put up a nine, 920 save percentage and a 1.9 ERA. Or ERA is baseball and the 1.9 goals against. <laughs> well, I don't think Matt's going to like that one. No. Uh would you like to make a prediction now for uh, we're, as we're taping this uh, episode, the Leafs are going to be playing this weekend against the Bruins in Boston. Mm -hmm. I don't know on the goalie rotation on who's going to be a net for Toronto on that one. I think it's uh, going to be Murray, but I'm not sure. Uh, the Leafs have any chance at all of beating Boston in a building where Boston has not lost yet this year? Yes. Yeah. Um, the Leafs the Leafs, okay, what I'm most impressed about the Leafs is what they've done without their core defensive 
um, defensive lines, right? So without Muzzin, who, you know, should retire, um, without Riley and Brody, who haven't played, Brody's out again, um, who haven't played for so long, Riley just came back, you know. Um, you know, their their defensive game has become very simple. And I think, you know, as my father would always say, you know, especially with hockey, it's the KISS method, right? Keep it simple, stupid. It won my team championships, um, and it's winning whoever's coaching right now and, and their teams, the Bruins. The Bruins don't have a flashy game, right? Pasternak, he's got fantastic hands. Marshawn's creative every now and again. But you watch the play. It's not like you're watching, you know, the Trevor Zegerses of the world just go out there and and do all the, the fancy dibs, do's and dangles. Um, they have a very simple game. So... I like that the Leafs have a simple game, and I think uh, it may be a bold prediction, but I think the Leafs take Boston in their home arena for the first time this year. Final score is going to be four two, four two Leafs. Leafs. Uh, no, no, five three. Got five, to give three. three goals because of power play. Five three Leafs. I think it's going to be three nothing Boston. Okay, guess we'll see. Vince Slap Chopper. That's his name. Vince Slap Chopper. Now, this is referring to Zach, not I. He goes, this Muppet knows that there's a salary cap in the NHL, right? Leafs have, having money has no relevance on their ability to sign any player. Okay, so what's his name, Vince? Vince Slap Chopper. Okay, Vince Slap Chopper. Um, you know, you're, you're debating money with the money guy. Um, you know, I have buddies who are the financial planners for the Leafs. So, uh, you know, take me at my word here. Money 100% has something to do with it. Um, first and foremost, when you are cash rich, you can front load contracts and provide massive bonuses that other teams can't. Uh, example, Petriangelo didn't stay with St. Louis. They offered him the same contract more or less as, and, and again, an insignificant difference between what Vegas offered him, but Vegas offered him whatever it was, I think 20, 30 million um, upfront over the first couple of years. Okay, so when you're getting your money five years in advance and you could, I don't know, invest it with a good financial planner like myself, then, yeah, you're making at least I don't want to give numbers here, but you're making a significant spread. Um, So, A, that does make a difference. And B, um, Matt Murray came to the Leafs. You ever watch any of the videos with Matt Murray? And I have a buddy again who's in the room. Matt Murray has excelled mostly from the Leafs organization, because when you have rich teams, they're able to dedicate resources to your team. Okay. That's not just private jets, better hotel rooms, better nutritionists, better, you know, athletic support, better coaches, better, you know, skating environment, better equipment, everything like that. You know, to be a hockey player, it's not just going, you know, and playing the game. It's everything that comes with that, um, first of all. And second of all, why don't you ask Austin Matthews about all of his gambling contracts that he has now and advertisements, if it makes a difference playing in a team, whether there's, like the Leafs, whether there's a cap or not. Good points. Zachary Rain of Rain Finance. And <laughs> all those front-loaded contracts, and the same thing for people with their front-loaded contracts or they have weekly wages or every other week, uh, there's always a way to find a way to invest, right, Zach? Absolutely. Look at William Nylander, right? The guy's actual salary this year is, I think, under $2 million. But cap hit $7 million. Why? Because he got a boatload of money in his first couple of years. So I have a wild trade idea for you for the Leafs because, you know, I'm constantly trading Austin Matthews. But we're going to talk about that in a little while. Okay. Because I, 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 this one I didn't make up. I heard it on the radio and I'm like, this is gold. I'm going to ask Zach. But what I will tell you is the same people on the radio did mention something. And I am now convinced Connor McDavid is going to become a Maple Leaf because 
as uh, Tavares' contract comes near an end, all that money is going to open up perfectly for Connor McDavid. So, yes, it's going to happen. He's going to be a Leaf, I guarantee you. Done deal in 2026, I believe. Well, Matthews, the word around town is he's asking you already for 8 by 15 He wants the max contract, max extension, which it's hard to say he doesn't. Right now, he doesn't deserve it, at least. He's playing a good defensive game, but he's still missing that, that star power. That, that je ne sais quoi. Exactly, yes. that je ne sais quoi. Um, so it's argued. It's hard to argue that he doesn't deserve that. I'd sooner hit him up with an 8 by 13 and give him $50 million in the first two years, three years. Um, but... It, it's 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 a hard thing and you know Connor mcdavid he's not that type of guy and you can see that he's learning playing for edmonton um that it's you can't take all the money who who was it i just watched the shock documentary the shock docuseries came out on crave four-part series fantastic by the way anybody you know out there as a sports fan relatively speaking or lived through the shock era um you should you should for sure watch it um and in in the series his the GM of the team, I can't remember which team he was on. He's basically went up to him and he said, Listen, you want 125 million in four years. What I can do is give you a hundred million in five years, and then I'll put a better team around you. And that's what they did. Lo and behold, who's holding the cup at the end of the year? The trophy, right? The championship trophy. It's shock. So, you know, everybody knows you got to take team discounts. Crosby's done it, Malkin's done it, even Kane and Taves semi did it. Um, LA Kings did it in their prime and the best example is Boston where there's no tax advantages in Boston not really and they're all on team friendly contracts so don't like to brag Zach but you gotta have some of my friends but back in high school I predicted that Shaq would be a star before he came to the NBA and uh, lo and behold that was one of my great predictions I see the same thing for Bronny James mark my words Uh, I believe you the thing that I don't get in and when talking about money and sports, we've talked about this in a previous episode, but it still boggles my mind, Zach, how the bench player on an NBA team is making more than the star player in the NHL. And this whole salary cap and money distribution for the amount of work they put into it and 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 how equivalent the sports are, really, it's skates, basketballs, etc. I'm blown away that I think NHL players are getting a raw deal here. And I think that we're going to see an expansion of the salary cap. I think they're going to get maybe into luxury taxes, the way they do it in baseball. Something has to give because this is utterly ridiculous where teams are getting penalized for grooming players, bringing them all up at the same time. You got to pay them at the same time. And then you got to keep losing players every year, like Chicago leaps. This sucks, Zach. This has to stop. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you two or three good reasons as to why it is the way it is. Okay. First and foremost, um, how many Canadian teams are there in the MLB and in the NBA? One each, Zach. Okay. So, A, there's one there, right? Um, so, let's say, I don't know, 2-3% of the teams, right? Um, in the NHL, how many teams are there in Canadian teams? I think they all are, Zach. No, I'm joking. But yeah. uh, they're at least 30%, if not mistaken. Exactly. So imagine how hard it is to to pay a conversion that's a 30 cuz don't forget you know hockey players get paid in US cash right so you're talking about a 30 to 40% um you know multiplier well not multiplier 34% surplus that Canadian teams need to pay their players because the US dollar is kicking the you know what out of the Canadian dollar that's one problem two how many players are on the bench and the floor for N- NBA teams how many players are on the on the floor and on the bench? On the bench? Yeah, on the team, overall team. 
on, on the on the NBA roster, what is it, 12, 13 P players? Exactly. Right. Yeah. 12, 13 players. Yeah. How many are on a hockey team? You tell me, Zach. You're looking at 26, right? Is it give, really 26? Give or take. Yeah. Between oh. extras, floating players that you have in the press oh, so box same as baseball. Okay. Yeah, give or take. So you're talking about pretty much double the amount of players that you need to pay. So if we just take, you know, what the NHL players make. Uh, you know, the best ones, and we just double it because, you know, essentially we're providing in half. Well, now we're, you know, for the best players into $30 million contracts, which it's closer to what NBA players make. It's much closer within the realm. Um, I agree. I think hockey players need to be paid a lot more, a lot more. I think um, the NBA brings in a lot more American money than the NHL does. So I think it's understandable. Um, and, you know, if, if I had to look at their financials, which I'd be happy to do, um, I could provide more reasoning. That being said, the NHL is going to start making a lot more money because especially with COVID, everybody's realized that we need to start selling advertising space in a much more effective way. So like on um, jerseys. Yeah, exactly. Jerseys, helmets, everything, you know, call chosen lawyer guys. Um, every, every chosen arena. Oh, that would be sick. Rain finance arena. All right, here's another goal in mind. B33R, so it's technically supposed to say beer, league, writes in, the Leafs have more money than anyone in the NHL? Question mark. Last time I checked, they have zero dollars. Well, I think we covered that, but uh, I think what, the, what they're alluding to at the end of the day is we're all under the same cap and we're all kind of screwed. So it's like, but you know, we, we know we've talked about it in previous episodes as well as far as putting guys on IR and then all of a sudden mysteriously they're ready for the playoffs. And then be able to eat guys on on injury reserve and being able to float money. There's so many tactics in the NHL and different. Zach, tax. why are you not a capologist? I see, and in a different life, I was going to be. That is something that I was I was definitely interested in doing, um, but life took me in a different direction. Uh, who, who knows? Maybe I still will be one day. Um, but uh, you know, you're, you're different tax different tax advantages too. It's th th those who think it's a level playing field because the cap is the same. You're not even close, guys. Okay. When we finish off these questions, I'm going to blow your mind in a couple minutes. We're going to talk about why Canadian teams are even more disadvantaged in sports. Uh, Aleem Hazard writes in, he's going to the Islanders in brackets, Patrick Kane. Yeah, I've heard that one. Patrick Kane apparently is also needing some cleanup and some sort yeah. of surgeries uh, and stuff. So we'll, we'll see who scary. Patrick Kane's going to because his trade value just absolutely dropped. Might be a good time to pick him up. And finally, ta ta a t a a whatever that means. Yeah, have T Bay catch up after the Leafs were way ahead. These games are fixed for T Bay and Boston to win. Not the Leafs since we're losing again to a team we should win. Great. Then we play T Bay great after losing again. Might as well go fishing early. Leafs stink and always will. Florida and T Bay and Boston all win except US. Fix that way to lose. All in caps. Huh? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you have to you have to kind of read between the lines. Um, you know, are, is Tampa Bay and is the game fixed for Tampa Bay and Boston to win? I one hundred percent wholeheartedly agree. Um, if do you remember? When uh, when the Leafs, they just got a hundred thousand dollar fine because they traveled the day after or the day before their unionized break was um, yes. was over, and the day that Sheldon Keith got uh, fined for twenty five thousand dollars, whatever it was, because yeah, well, exactly, right? We're talking about pennies, anyways. Um, the Sheldon Keith was pissed off in that game because the Leafs 
when um, the Leafs got caught in a routine pick play that whoever they were playing that game, I can't remember, scored on. And I think Keith had PTSD because that's why the Leafs lost in seven games to Tampa on the same play that Justin Hole got penalized on when Tavares scored and the Leafs went up. So, um, you know, to, to put it lightly, yes, they are 100% fixed. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and and it's not a surprise because it's like I said, you go to a Leafs game and you fill the stadium versus going to a Boston game and you fill the stadium and you have everything in U.S. dollars. It's not close. It'll never be close. Not unless our Canadian economy, which I'm not going to get into right now, um, decides to wake up and our, our um, policy f- officials decide to start making better decisions. Um, it'll never be close in the U.S., uh, we'll always have that tactical advantage on us. Zach, you know they have the lottery and drafts in most uh, leagues now? Yeah. Isn't it amazing how the ping pong ball fell for the Cleveland Cavaliers the year of LeBron James? Isn't that just amazing how that happens? It's all the time now. And and when Marilyn Mew just took over the uh, Penguins and they were in dire straits, all of a sudden they got the ball for Crosby. It, it's it's amazing how luck just happens to fall these ways, Zach. Yeah, I know. Wait till you see the Connor Bedard draft. Then we'll... Then we'll oh, see which way he goes. Oh, we're going there, Zach, very, very yeah. soon. Now, before we get to our big part about what's going on in sports leagues and everything else, uh, with advantages and disadvantages for U.S. teams versus Canada teams, I got to ask you something as a money guy. Back in the day when I was in school, I used to argue in finance and economics classes that we need a North American currency. How do you feel about that, Zach? I feel that we pretty much have a North American currency as of now. It's just got, it's all relative, put it this way. First lesson I learned in in economics um, was about opportunity costs. Second was scarcity. Third was relativity. Um, I had a great economics teacher, shout out to you, Ms. Kadyshev. Um, she she hooked me on this concept of this, of this, and again, it was it's very weird because for everybody, it was like talking another language. For me, it was English and it was amazing. Um, so, you know, the first thing we learn about is opportunity cost, which is, you know, the next best alternative on valuing the next best alternative versus your current decision. Uh, then we learn about scarcity, which is just we have a limited amount of resources. Resources are finite. So what are we going to do and how are we going to allocate those limited amount of resources? Um, and then the third was relativity, which, you know, you, you have a theory of relativity and you don't think about economics. Um but it's a concept I try to bring into my everyday practice, and and it's interesting. If you consider the way that we live, what resources we have, how our dollar is used on an everyday um, basis, and then compare it to the American economy, we're we're nightshade. You know, it's like night and day. We're we're completely uh, far apart with respect to the size of the economy, the scope of the economy. But if you look at the everyday version of how we spend our money, we're actually pretty much parallel to the states. Okay. Um, and again, that depends on who's in power at the time and political figures. Um, but our dollar has for the last whatever, 10, 15 years, gone within that band of, and again, there's there's different exceptions, but on an average, gone within that band of 25 to, you know, 30 cents less than what the what than less than the American dollar, um, which is pretty consistent. So relatively speaking, we're on a same similar playing field. That being said, you know the average income in the United States, and again, this is relatively speaking, is less than what we pay. The cost of living for certain things like medical insurance is much higher than we pay. 
Um, so if if you look at the budget, and again, because I've been fortunate enough to do some cross-border planning, um, if you look at all things in its in its separate in its separate uh, scope, they're not the same. But if you try and you know you take away the different factors here, exigent circumstances here, and you compare the two, we're really not that far off. Have you read this thing about uh, a bill getting passed or looking to get passed where they're going to abolish income tax in the United States and abolish the IRS? I have not heard of that or seen that one. It looked actually legit. I was reading over, they're going to do a consumption tax versus an income tax and no longer have the IRS. If this is the case, Zach, we're moving to the States, brother. This Absolutely. sounds really good to me. They're never going to get rid of the IRS. Why would they get rid of the IRS? It's it's their it's the largest money making opportunity for the government. The only people that could be talked about doing this is you know not even because even the Republicans need it. The it, the first thing I learned in politics in my my first year poli sci one hundred one one or whatever it was called was that the that people they they absolutely they they just they desire so much government control. Um, which is so Reverse. backwards to me, yes. um, but they desire government control, and I don't understand it. I it's understand called the, sheep, Zach. Well, uh, I understand the safety and security aspect of it, but when it comes to the economy and everything, I listen. I'm a free market economy guy. That's the way I was. I was taught in economics. That's the, the that's the way that I ventured in in my economic theory, which I did a lot of economic theory, guys. Um, I was I'm more of a free market guy, but we just absolutely desire government controlling us so much for whatever reason. I can't get by it. Um, so it'll never go away. It'll never not to mention at the end of the day, um, a society with no control in it whatsoever is a society of pure anarchy. And we need some governmental control. We need police, military, things like that. Well, speaking of government control, Zach, uh, to start the year, I was wishing a few of my close friends a happy new year. And I was speaking with our good friend of the show, Dan Milstein, super hockey agent to the stars. You know mm -hmm. him well, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I did. I forgot to ask him how Evander Kane is doing, but I'm sure Evander's doing well. Mm -hmm. um, so Dan and I were speaking. I was wishing happy new year. He was wishing me a happy new year back. And he said to me, Jonathan, you are the chosen lawyer. And uh, curiosity uh, a client looking to buy a uh, property in Ontario and 25% uh, uh, foreign buyer tax, right? I said, absolutely, it's a 25% tax there, Dan, provided you're legally allowed to buy it because starting January 1st, our wise, wise Canadian government decided, and I'm being sarcastic, folks, uh, decided that, okay, all these provinces are putting these foreign buyer uh, taxes on. So we're going to do one up. We're just going to ban them all together with very few exceptions. So, Zach, uh, foreigners are not allowed to buy properties, essentially, for the next two years in Canada while they review this new system. So I wanted to present you a situation in line with what I was talking about with Dan Milstein because his jaw dropped to the floor when I told him this. And he proceeded to tweet and retweet my uh, messages to him to tell the world this is obscene. So let's take, for example... Uh, a baseball example. So we have Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett signs with the Maple Leafs, uh, with the with Blue no, Jays, sorry. Blue Jays, yeah. And he uh, was still Maple Leafs uh, mindset, but he signed with the Blue Jays. And let's say Chris did not go buy a house in the year 2022. Okay. So he's not bought his house yet. He's excited. He's making, I think, 30 plus million a year, whatever he's making. He's 
He's a happy camper. He's doing really well, right? So he comes to you, Zach, and it's like, okay, I want the first thing is, you know, I'm gonna go buy a cheap house, five, seven million dollar house. I I'm I have a three-year contract here. I got my work permit. I'm all good to go. I want to put my kids in school here. I want to raise my family here. Chris Bassett cannot go buy his home right now because foreigners cannot buy homes in Canada. So, like in order to for a foreign worker to be able to purchase a property. They've had to have worked in Canada for three of the last four years and filed taxes for the last three to four years. Explain to me how we're supposed to attract top talent in any industry, especially sports, when people are committing with their contracts, they got their work permits, but yet they're not allowed to spend the money, pay the taxes, and invest in our country. Does that make any sense to you, Zachary Ring? It doesn't make sense to me. It's It, it doesn't, it doesn't. They're, 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 okay, there, there is a problem with foreign buyers purchasing um property in canada it is it is absolutely inflating the price of our real estate anybody who denies that needs to take a better look is it going to help attract top talent celebrities whatever you want to call them um no uh that being said what you'll find is a lot of athletes on short-term contracts um are living with other athlete friends um that they have on their team or they're living in properties that are owned by the company with which they're employed. Um, so I know the Leafs do it. The Leafs have condos downtown and they put up their players there um, in for short-term contracts. If Bassett decides he wants to stay longer, then that's something he's going to have to work on. Um, that being said, there are ways around it. Um, you know, it takes a brilliant lawyer like yourself to figure it out. Um, but there are ways you can get around it if you're motivated enough and have enough money. That being said, if I'm Bassett and I have $30 million American money, why would I want to purchase real estate in the most inflated area, one of the most inflated areas in the world? Because he likes the thought of owning his own home while he's working and living here. Well, too bad. It's Find, uh, find an expensive lawyer. It's funny because they also put these extreme uh, fines on this. If a lawyer is caught aiding and abetting a foreign buyer to buy a property. It's a $10,000 fine, Zach. Yeah. Yes. I don't, I don't know. I think, I think oh, it is Justin, necessary. Justin, Justin, Listen, Justin, <laughs> Justin's got a lot to answer for. Um, a lot. Uh, this, this is one of them. Um, I, I think that, you know, you're targeting the wrong area. You're putting in the wrong policy. Um, with that, I say targeting the wrong area with respect to foreign buyers. Um, you know, 25% of real estate in Toronto is owned by domestic real estate investors, right? Like that's one of every four places is being rented out probably by someone who is relatively to very wealthy. Um, I think maybe we should take a look at that, but I think we should take a look at our overall economy and the fact that over our last, I don't know, seven years, the pricing of housing is inflated at a rate faster than ever before in the history of Canada, but I'm not going to get too far into that. If you're not going to let investors buy real estate to invest in, you're going to see a mass exodus of money and investors. Mark my words. I don't see that happening, but you know what? No, I don't see it happening. I already see it though. I have clients. I have a yes. client who just bought an apartment building in Arizona, Arizona. I think it was Arizona. Ooh. Yeah. A hundred units. Beautiful. Got a mm -hmm. pool and everything. It's gorgeous. The amount of money he's going to make on this thing, especially in U.S. It's a oh. killing. I have uh, I have a friend out in Phoenix, uh, sorry, in Scottsdale that keeps telling me it's time to come to Arizona and I keep having less and less reasons to do it. So we shall see. <laughs> uh, so 
people living in Canada, United States, wherever in the world right now, we're all suffering pretty much from the same uh, affliction, which is called interest rates, fear of recession. Zach, people are, I don't want to say freaking out, but they're certainly, they're worried. And they're saying, what do I do with my money now? What's going to happen? You know, nobody can look into a crystal ball and tell them what's going to come this year, next year. Obviously, you know, a lot of the banks come out and give all these statements, but it's all speculation at this point. Going into the year now, when your clients come to you or potential clients saying, I'm thinking about investing, but I, I'm again, I'm so afraid of what's going on. I don't want to lose money. What do I do? Zach, what do you answer these people to, to alleviate their fears? Okay, so I hope nobody's freaking out right now at this point because the freaking out should have come five months ago. Um, I think now it's starting to set on people. It's funny, you you know, you bring this up because I, we at the beginning of the year, a lot of the companies I work with have what we call their market outlook calls, right? Um, and that's with what's, you know, what's our expectations for 2023? Um, and a lot of what everybody is saying, um, which I believe the majority of it to be true, I don't agree with everybody wholeheartedly, um, but I think interest rates are going to slowly just and not not come to a halt because I can't, you know, again, I don't have that crystal ball, but I think we're going to see um, longer periods of time in between rate hikes and smaller rate hikes. So I think the 25th of January, which is when we're supposed to have our next one, I think you're going to see a 50 basis point rate hike. Um, I think maybe a month or so after that, depending on how inflation reacts, you're going to see a quarter, uh, 25 basis points rate hike as well. Um, but I don't think you're going to see that much more. Um, I think there is going to be pain. I think there's going to be more pain now than before. Um, cost of servicing and total debt ratios have increased substantially 3%, you know, marginally speaking, which is, uh, what is that? 15% increase overall for most people, um, which, you know, doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot. Um, I think people are, I think they're going to start feeling it now, but I think if you've been able to survive the last year, really, I think you're going to be fine. Um, bond yields are starting to stabilize. Um, and we know this because the interest, the high interest rate environment can only last so long, right? The average recession lasts, you know, three years. Are we in one right now? Are we not in one right now? That's pretty much where the debate lies, um, because this is this has been forced in a manner different than it has been in the past. Um, so I think that I think if you survive the next year, you're going to be fine. I think if you have cash and are looking to purchase real estate in the next five six months, I'd do it, because um, the majority of banks are pretty consistent in saying that they think that housing prices, at least in the Ontario GTA region, um, are going to bottom out by April. Um, otherwise, I think you're going to be fine. And because interest rates are starting to stabilize and the, the prospect of interest rates going down, again, is is there, um, you're going to see bond yields start to stabilize. And the biggest problem, aside from all the overspending and you know the, the market fluctuations, is that when you when you build a portfolio or you invest in any portfolio, you want to hedge your bets with fixed income, right? So you invest in equity, which is a more risky investment, and then you invest in fixed income assets, which are you know usually bonds, some form of debt that's issued, um, and you're expecting a corporation, a government, whatever it is, to issue this debt. Um, and again, it's high credit. You know, it's dependable. Um, everybody was expecting those bonds to hold their value and pay their value. Uh, in a manner that they just haven't, right? It was a it was an all down market. Equities went down, bond yields went down, everything was, or bond returns went down, everything went down. Um, 
So what you're going to start seeing now is bond bond yields increase, stabilize, and return to uh, how they should be. You know, the market may not be great, but bond yields should be better, especially because of the high rate, high interest rate, and stable, more stable interest rate environment that we're seeing. Is it time to buy or sell oh, yeah. off on Tesla? On Tesla? Yes. Tesla's a whole other story, man. You know, I was, I was so hard on Tesla, but there is such a shortage for lit, these lithium batteries that, and and a lot of environmentalists, which you know, someone like me who thought mining bat for lithium batteries was better for the environment. A lot of people now, and again, we got to stay informed. You know, maybe not before we were, but now we are. A lot of them are saying it's worse for the environment. It's better that we just continue the way we're going or at least find a better alternative rather than spending exorbitant amounts of money buying new cars, manufacturing new batteries that are hurting our environment. So I don't know. I don't know which direction Tesla is going to go in. I know that it's really affecting their share price right now because the, um, you know, the responsible, you know, the responsible for your environment and again, social governance, the SG um, investors are really starting to gain traction. So an example of like, you know, because for the uh, passive or non-investor, people like to watch these companies, Zach, and watch what's going on with their stocks. and They get very interested, you know, and I'm going to combine now your love of stocks and my love of wrestling. So a classic example, you got WWE and what's going on over there. The chairman of the board was out for allegations of all sorts. And uh, all of a sudden... He comes back into the picture, says, because I'm the leading shareholder, so I can do this. And I'm going to go back on the board and I'm going to fire off two other people, bring on my board people for the sole purpose of bringing this company for sale. The second he does this, the stock goes up by over 20%. Uh, is this a nice uh, media finagling or is he actually serious, you think? It's quite interesting how people know what statements they can give and they can inflate uh, share prices in an instant. Eh, Zach? I, you know, it's a problem. And it's the reason that our, our markets are acting like teeter-totters over the last few years, right? People believe everything that they hear and they shouldn't. Remember the um, sheep theory, Zach. Wow. Uh, um, they just, they, they shouldn't, they shouldn't believe everything they hear. Um, and the problem with that is that they're event-based investors, which isn't always a bad thing. You know, I started off as an invest in uh, event-based investor and I made some good money doing it, but you have to start looking at the underlying facts, you know, their cash flow statements, their balance sheets, um, what kind of, you know, what kind of investments they're making back into the company. Um, I, I could see value into why they would sell WWE now, but it's not happening. Vince McMahon will, as in the wrestling fan in me, in me, Vince McMahon will die with his share of WWE. Well, the rumor is like this. So you got the Saudis where they formed their own golf league and they're paying people hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Yeah. So he sells it to the Saudis for billions of dollars, but as part of the condition, he has to get creative control back. So he gets his cake and eats it too. That would be hilarious. Too good to be true. Enjoy. Yeah. So what also wasn't too good, was too good to be true, was the World Junior Championships in hockey, Zach. And I can tell you, sitting there at Joey's in Yorkdale, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, the place went bonkers. There was one TV showing the Maple Leaf game and 30 showing the World Junior Championships. This was a big ticket. Holy crap, that was a good game. Uh, Zach, I know you watched it. Tell us your reactions, please. Yeah, I know. Okay, so the World Juniors, I, I think I said this in a previous podcast, the World Juniors we watch religiously in my house. Um, 
I like the idea of watching the future of hockey and seeing, you know, where it goes and what kind of predictions we can make. I don't know. It's like a bet for me almost. Um, I watched Bedard play a few months ago and then I've Connor seen Bedard, folks. Yes. Connor Bedard, another Connor who's going to change the game. Um, I watched him play years ago as a kid. Um, and I watched him play, you know, now as a, I don't want to say young adult, he's in his late teens. Um, the kid is magnificent. You'll hear anybody you speak to will say that he's one of the hardest working people in the room. The guy is laser focused. He is not satisfied until he has the ultimate achievement, which is the championship of whatever game he's playing. Um, you know, it's, it's like watching him come out of the semifinals. Everybody's oh, crazy. He scored the amazing goal. He just walks out like, I got business, buddy. Like it's, it doesn't matter. We're winning the championship. Gold is what I'm here for, not crazy goals. Um, I think he is just absolutely talented. I think he has the vision of Marner, the shot of Matthews, and the edge work of Crosby. Um, do I think he'll be better than any of those people? I don't know. He's definitely not going to be better than Crosby. That was going to be um, my question, Zach. I wanted to know if he's going to be better than Crosby. In my eyes, Crosby's top five ever. And I can't predict that a 17-year-old is going to be better. Listen, I watched Connor McDavid play. Guy's got all the skill in the world. I think he's an absolutely fantastically skilled hockey player. I still don't think he's the best player in the NHL. Um, so, you know, I see all the skill in the world in Connor Bedard and and there is, you know, you you watch this guy play. He's able to do, you know, spread eagles when he, he's switching directions, which if any any figure skater will tell you, like, you got to be a very skilled skater in order to do that. So, uh, who's drafting Connor Bedard? Oh, yeah. Think? Let's see. Whoever Gary Bettman decides. Um, who do you think are like the top three candidates that are going to tank out? Is it going uh, to be uh, Arizona, Chicago? What are you seeing? I think it'll be to whoever's the highest bidder. At the end of the day, it's always about money. Um, I always thought it was Chicago until a good argument came out about Chicago having a lot of corporate problems with, you know, all the different allegations that come out against them over the last couple of years. Um, so I thought it was going to be Chicago. I don't, it could be Arizona because it would be the bright new start that they needed in, you know, having a new arena, having the next phenom potentially in the league. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just I don't see it. Go, just don't don't see him going to a team either of which like that. Do you remember a guy by the name of Eric Lindros? I do remember a guy by the name of Eric Lindros. Who did it's Eric Lindros get drafted by, Zach? Yeah, exactly. It's not going to happen. Um, do you recall? I don't remember. He got drafted by. It was a team he did not want to play for because he held out on them. Who was it? Canadian team and they're longer. Quebec Nordiques. Nordiques. Correct. Yeah. And so there was. He held out. And then he was supposed to get traded to the Rangers, got traded last second to the Flyers. They basically gave up half their team to get him. Yeah. So this is the scenario. You ready for this one? Yes. Coyotes draft Bedard. Bedard says, I'm not going to come here. Leafs make an early exit out of the playoffs. Leafs come around and saying, all right, here's your hometown boy. Matthew's on a silver platter. Let's work out a deal for Bedard and let's call it a day. What do you think, Zach? I think it's enticing because right? I'm I'm still one of those guys. I don't think Matthew sticks around. I think Matthews goes. Um, Dude, I hope he's not offended. I try to trade him every month, but it I, this one wasn't me. This one was on the radio. 
And you know what? It makes a lot of sense on a lot of it, levels it, to me. It makes a lot of sense on a lot of levels. Um, so here's the way I see it, right? Once Connor Bernard breaks his ELC, he'll be making more or less the same money if he continues down the path he is as Matthews is. Okay. Um, so from a financial standpoint, you're buying another three years in the potential of Bernard. Um and the Leafs are going to trade him to Arizona, which is an eventuality. I think he's going to go there anyways. And Arizona gets him their their perennial superstar. Matthews is going to be one of the best players in the league for a very long time. That's not going to change. He's got the the skill, the size, the speed, and the defensive composure that you need to have in a top three centerman in the NHL. Um, so I, I don't think it's entirely impossible. I think it would blow the hockey world up, um, not to mention... I think it would be a PR nightmare for the Leafs and whoever GM makes that decision. Thousand percent. And I see the end of the day, the fight to tank is going to be on in the second half. Oh, and, it's going to be unreal. And we'll see who gets Bedard. I think he will end up going wherever he goes, but it'll be interesting to watch, certainly. His teammate, I got to ask you about him because I'm really perplexed here because I don't understand because I'm watching in the World Junior Championships. And Shane Wright looks everything as a freaking stud player. And I go and look at his numbers on the Kraken, and he was terrible. So he goes back to the OHL, and now he got traded from Kingston to Windsor for a thousand different draft picks. What the heck goes on? Like, he's only going to be there one year, basically, right, Zach? Because he's going to end up going back to Seattle next year. What is the point of an OHL team giving up like 10 draft picks? between the third and seventh rounds. And what 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 gives here? Explain us oh, the, this logic, please. OHL teams are hard for money. They they it's it's not like NHL teams where even the worst of teams are making a good chunk of change. OHL teams aren't. Um I have a buddy who manages or who, who used to own a uh, own, you know, used to manage an OHL team. And it's it's a completely different world. Um so a lot of what they do is to bring in dollars now. Um Shane Wright I've no, I've not known. I've watched Shane Wright um, for maybe ten years. Okay, Shane Wright played in the uh, GTHL. Um, I often was at the arena when their games were going on. Uh, we have friends, family friends, who were on the team with him. Um, so, and because you know Shane Wright was a, a child phenom as well, it, it was easy to go to the arena and watch him and, and that team play. And that team that he played on, granted, had Offman and Clark on it as well. Um, they were one of the dream teams if there's ever been one within the G as long as I've been alive. Um, and you know, my father and I, we went to the arena, we sat in this game, and we is our first time watching him play. And we were, you know, we were expecting Connor Bernard. That's what we were expecting. Um, and he wasn't. He he had um, a second gear, which if you watched him long enough and you paid attention close enough, you would see that he would go from absolutely just, you know, pacing around, not really doing much, to just floating out there. Um, and we saw it. Like, you would see this kid. He, he'd, he'd be just like everyone else on the ice next to you know, puck comes near him, boom, he's off. Okay, um, and you usually put the puck in the net. My concern, and same was my father's, was why isn't that second gear almost always on? Right, you know, there's there's obviously a need to play defense on the defensive side of the puck, play in a more conservative manner to make sure that you're playing your position, and it is a team sport after all. Um, but 
if you have that that you know that game changer that game changing ability why wasn't he using it more often so something my father and i always questioned whenever we watched him play um you know why, why isn't he doing this 24 7 and when we started the world juniors last year and then this year again well, I, I should say last tournament and this tournament again um it was a concern of ours because he he wasn't he he didn't have that game breaker ability or at least he didn't show he had that game breaker ability um to start and it was concerning for us because you know shane right we've seen him with the game breaker abilities we we've watched him play and seen him and go oh yeah no like the kid's fantastic um and then finally whoever said something to him in the second period just between the information of the first and second period of the semi-final game finally he went off which is what he needed to do he was back checking crazy he was stripping pucks his stick work was fantastic his his defensive game was amazing he would be creating great opportunities he used his body his positioning was everything was was how he should be playing 24-7. And in that final games, it was a pleasure. My brothers, again, we watched, my dad, we would sit there and we'd go, this is the Shane Wright that we should see, that the same Shane Wright that will have no problem making the Seattle Kraken team. But for whatever reason, that Shane Wright isn't there all the time. Um, so I think that that's what they're sending him to the OHL for. Let him build up some confidence. Let him get a whole whack of goals. Let him figure out how to turn that switch on more often. And he'll be in the NHL. I don't doubt it. Who's the NHL Iron Man again, Zach? Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel. I felt like you were just describing Phil Kessel for some reason. Is that me? Or it's it, no, it's it's listen, I love Phil Kessel. I love watching Phil Kessel play because he, you, he also uh, has you that and Phil Kessel state. both, yes. Yeah, I know, right? Um, no, I, I he has that second speed just like Phil Kessel does. He's got a lot more skill than Phil Kessel does. Um, but I think he's much better defensively than Phil Kessel is. But he, he has that too. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. The kid got the puck on the left wing um, at Buckingham Palace, now Scotiabank Arena in Downsview and Downsview, uh, near Downsview Station. It's at Shepherd and Dufferin, if you know what I'm talking about. I was sitting there in the stands. He turned the Jets on. Next thing you know, blew by the defenseman, fake one way, fake the other, roofed it, done. Cool. It wasn't, it wasn't even close. So I, I know he can do it. We, we know he can do it. It's just a matter of him actually doing it well we're praying for you shane right another team that we're gonna be playing praying for heavily was uh can you hold up that cup again for a sec so we were very quick to uh plan our parade you know and uh i don't know zach december was not that kind in january now uh the leafs are going back to being very maddingly mad mad maddingly inconsistent and I feel like Boston Bruins fans can now start planning the parade fairly safely. I don't even know why we're going to finish up the season. We might as well just give the Bruins the cup now. Zach, what's going on with these Leafs? Why are they so great for some games? And like, I was turning on it. Okay. I was turning on the, the St. Louis game the other day and I'm looking at the score and I'm like, are they doing a replay of the old, the St. Louis game from last week? No, it was again. Like what is six, five losses? Zach, what is going on? So, with the hardest position to play in the world is goalie. They're the easiest player to blame. Okay. Matt Murray and Samsonov have been so freaking good for Toronto that people forget that they're actually humans. Okay. So they were brought down to earth for a little bit. But what I attribute it most to is the Leafs defensive pairings. I don't think they complement one another. 
I still don't think I still don't like Morgan Riley. He's a defenseman. I'll tell you that from I told you that the first time I came on the show. He's a glorified left winger. He is a defensive liability if I've ever seen one as a coach, as a fan, as a player myself. Um, so he drives me nuts on a good day. I just I don't think that they have the pairings that they need. I think that the Swedes playing together, Lilgren and Sanded was going well, and Sanden gets hurt, and then you know Giordano and Hole got traction, and then while well, Brody comes back in, and then Riley comes back in, and then we have Connor Timmins who's doing a great job. Why is he not playing more? Um, so. I think that there's just so much inconsistency on the defensive side. It's not helping. And I think that our third and fourth lines, while they are really, really strong defensively, they need to put the freaking puck in the net every now and again. Okay. You play a team like St. Louis and you play a Selkie nominee, as far as I'm concerned, every year, no matter how bad of a year he's having in Ryan O'Reilly, right? And he's going to shut down the Austin Matthews of the world. So shut down the Connor McDavid's of the world. That is one of the biggest value ads he has, which by the way, I think the Leafs are going after. Um, I think they're going after him and connecting. Um, My sources told me the same thing. Yeah. So, you know, you need to find tertiary, you know, scoring and they don't have it right now. So I, it'll come. It's going to come because Dubis knows what's going on and he's going to swing his big Dubis handbook checkbook, um, checkbook. yeah checkbook, checkbook um around and he's gonna find a way to do it well dubis better swing in that big checkbook pretty soon because i could tell you watching the amount of leaf games i have there's one guy that's been sticking out to me every game pretty much consistently and that is bunting that guy's a lot of fun to watch zach uh we need to sign him immediately to an extension he is going to be signed immediately to an extension immediately like right I now have I have no question in the world that that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, he's going to replace the Kerfoots of the world. He'll probably get four or five million. Um, let's give him four and a half. Let's, yeah, let's I, I think somewhere around there. And he'll get a six-year deal out of it or something like that because he's still on on the older side compared to most rookies um, signing long-term contracts. But he'll get, I think, maybe four, four by five. Four by six. Um, what a great and, pickup he was, honestly. Like just, uh, and you know what? A lot of these under the radar moves, and you know what? They really pan out. And I, I read an article on that just recently too. That the, the with the little that they have in cap space, relatively speaking, they do make good decisions. The Leafs. Um, so it, it's it's a going to happen. It's a matter of time. Robertson is as good as gone in my eyes. Um, Agreed. I think that a couple of Leafs goalies are as good as gone too. Um, and I don't mean Samsonov and Murray. I'm talking lower down the, the prospect pool. Not the Berlin um, Wall. Not the Berlin Wall. Why? Well, who's the Berlin Wall? Joseph Wall. Oh God. Um, he's he's eight, having, he has eight straight wins in the minors, yeah, Zach. Trade him right now, please. Trade him while he's hot. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that they're going to be gone. We're going to lose a defenseman or two as well. I the Leafs. Now is the time to win. Matthews isn't coming back, and McDavid isn't a sure bet to come here. So we well, need to win. So I think we can agree that out of all the years, and I've been around these, this team my whole life, if there's ever been a year, Zach, this is the year to do it. You have to. So tell me now, what pieces do they need to pick up at this point, do you feel, that's going to put them over the top? They need a left wing to play with either Austin Matthews or Tavares, whoever they choose. Um, consistently, they should do it sooner rather than later. Waiting at the deadline is a waste of time. 
it needs to be a physical presence, somebody who can finish the game or finish the playoff. So someone who can seriously put the puck in the net still um, and is defensively strong. You see that in Konechny. You see that in Riley. That's why they're looking there. And the Leafs, by God, need a solid defenseman, somebody who's not five foot nine. You know, we need to get a six foot four defenseman who will eat pucks and beat the hell out of who's in front of our net. What is Adeo Chara up to right now, Zach? Oh, God, what a dream. Um, no, the Leafs aren't getting him. He, the closest they're getting to him, I think, is Mayfield on the Islanders, but I don't know. Um, they got to get rid of Hole. Hole's playing well at Giordano, but he's still six foot three, four, useless. So get rid of him. He's got a good contract, two years for getting nothing out of him. You know, the other joke, if we're going to, as we're starting to wrap up today's episode, I was looking at the initial All Star game. Uh, rosters and we can make a whole episode on this but zach you know what i used to be a big believer in having each team represented leon dreisaitl not on an all-star team give me a freaking break there's a lot of snubs he's one of them i, I don't like dreisaitl on a good day but he deserves to be there um there, there there's a few of them who shouldn't be there um I like the idea that we can kind of fan vote them in, you know, obviously I've been doing my 10 fan votes a day cause I'm a little crazy. Um, but uh, I, I like the idea that, that the fans have more of a say in this. Uh, I don't know what they're doing with captains. And I believe that uh, one person from every team should be represented there because at the end of the day, even the players on the worst teams deserve a chance in the sense that they're not getting the light shined upon them. Like dry is and playing with, Connor McDavid's of the world. So make 40 man rosters for these all-star games, whatever, you know what? Yeah, do it. I listen, I'm all for it. Absolutely. So as we wrap up today's episode, Zach, I got to give you, you want a good joke? Yeah. Okay. So I get a uh, message from a friend of mine and uh, he's from the UK originally. Now he's living in uh, Canada and he's a big soccer fan and he's decided to start up a soccer podcast. And he says to me, I would love to have you come on as a cross, uh, marketing with my uh soccer podcast and i said wonderful because i love sports i follow every single sport but soccer and i started to list them off um you know i could talk to you about every other sport i watch and why it's better than soccer being basketball hockey football baseball uh darts tennis pickleball tiddlywinks backgammon whatever you'd like and so he's like, wow, okay, I think we should have some fun with this. So, uh, Zach, am I off base here that all these sports are better than soccer? What am I missing? No, I think you missed a few sports that are still better than soccer. I'm not a soccer guy. I never have been. I think that there are great athletes who play in soccer, but I don't think it's a great sport. You ever watch that Simpsons episode where they had soccer come to Springfield and they're all excited for the game and then they're watching and they're like, the center passes to the winger, back to the center back to the wing, back to the center. And the guy, the ball's just going crisscross and everybody's just standing there. Nothing's happening. That's the way I see soccer, Zach. Yeah, I know. It's it's mind-numbing sometimes. There are exciting moments. There are some skilled, very skilled soccer players. I think to be able to run up and down the pitch all day, um, you have to be an athletic specimen. I will not deny that. What's a pitch, I, Zach? Yeah, I think the, the, the field. Um, okay. Yes. Um, sorry, I, I have a I have a friend from the UK, and we've been talking more. Um, Blimey. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you have to be an athlete. But I'll tell you the same thing I tell him. As far as a skill 
or multiple skills that you have to have in order to play one sport, soccer is not up there. So. It- you really think about soccer and the way it's presented is really the same thing as hockey, except that they're kicking the ball. And these guys have sticks and, and a puck, but hockey is just so much more fun to watch. And the size of that soccer net, how do they not score? I don't get it, Zach. It's so frustrating. It's it's like I just saw I just saw um, a meme or whatever, a joke you want to call it the other day. And, it, and the, the guy goes, you know how you could improve soccer? You could, I don't know, um, shrink the nets. You could... Uh, let them hit each other. You could make them skate on knives. You could make them skate on knives on ice. Um, and instead of letting them kick with their foot, give them something much smaller to hit with a stick that's tiny um, and way less people on the ice. And oh, yeah, the time actually does stop. There we so. have it, folks. We didn't prove soccer. Put it on ice oh, and call it hockey. We're going to get some hate for that one, man. Sorry, soccer fans, but you know what? So hit the subscribe button, the notification bell, and by all means, if you are a soccer fan out there, our apologies, and please share with us why you are one, how you are one, and how we maybe we need to open our minds to this, and those Shane Wright fans, and Leon Dreisaitl fans, and everybody that got the got, got the hate on today, Phil Kessel fans, please, you know, go ahead, you know, share your views. We welcome it, and... um you want to call some up and call some up it sure listen the thing i'll give soccer fans and soccer players is as far as accessibility it's fantastic all you need is a ball that's it a ball on a field to play on uh not everybody can spend can afford to spend thousands of dollars a year playing hockey uh so i get that but you know as a person who would pay money to go watch something i would rather keep it on that note, Zach, as we finish off today's taping, I get to go watch a taped episode of Monday Night Raw and fast forward the commercials, which is awesome. And we are a month and a half away from the first spring training game for Major League Baseball. So things are looking up. NFL playoffs are starting. The world is our oyster. Beautiful. Mr. Zachary Rain of Rain Finance, thank you for sharing your money wisdom, your hockey wisdom, your life wisdom. And sharing hope for people that there is still going to be a bright year financially and in the sports world. Always a pleasure, my friend. And I'll tell people to reach out for certainly at Zachary Brain Finance uh, with any money questions, hockey questions, life questions. And we'll see you back next month, Zach. Thank you so much for having me, John, the chosen lawyer, partner at Corman's LLP for all of your legal real estate transaction, corporate transaction needs. Um, Thank you very much for having me. It is always a blast. And as people start uh, clicking off uh, in droves, we're going to bring out our biceps and say, keep on living the chosen life. Cheers.